0: Good morning, and welcome to Spiritual Mind, Spiritual You. I'm Dr. Terry Bailey. I'm filling in today for Dr. Pauline Hughes, who is on a well-deserved rest and trip with Ronnie, and we bless them in the name of the Lord and so honored to be with you today. We've been with you as guests, but this is our first time as being with you as the host. I want to read our foundational scripture. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When it talks about being conformed to the world, it means not to be conformed to the world's pattern of thinking, but we have our minds renewed as we meditate and study the Word of God. I'm blessed to have my wife, Beth, here in the studio today. We serve as co-pastors of the South Greenwood IPHC congregation in Greenwood, South Carolina. We just celebrated last year 100 years of ministry there with the church, 100 years of ministry, a century of ministry at the South Greenwood Pentecostal Holiness Church and serving that community there in the Greenwood region. We've been married for 29 years and we've served in ministry together for over 30 years because when we were engaged, we were serving as youth pastors together. So throughout our whole married life, we've served as senior pastors and lead pastors And we've been privileged to be in ministry and to do a number of things for the kingdom of God. And we're honored to be with you today. Beth, it's a joy to have you here in the studio with me. And we're looking forward to a tremendous day of ministry here in the Lord.
1: I'm excited to be here with you, too.
0: Sometime the Lord has been speaking to Beth about hope, and everywhere we go, we see the word hope in some way. Uh, just the other day, we were in a restaurant eating, and I looked up, and there on the wall was this beautiful sign, and it had hope written in different ways and in different directions, and I pointed it out to her. I said, there's that word hope. It seems like that's what the Lord has been speaking to her and to us over the last little while. As a matter of fact, we were recently, a few months ago, in London England. We were privileged to go there and teach in our school of ministry there and to preach in the Fountain of Life Pentecostal Holiness Church there in London. And uh, we were there. And uh, why don't you share about what you saw and how we saw the word hope when we arrived in London?
1: It has been kind of amazing and very interesting because um, ever since the Lord has spoken the word hope to me, I have seen it. I asked for confirmation and on that word, and I have seen it when I go out, when I go out into uh, the marketplace, when I go out. Uh, any door that I go in, um, any social media, any Internet program I go on, it's almost like that hope, That word hope appears. This particular time we were when we were in London, uh, we just walked up to the house that we were supposed to stay in for uh our duration there and on the door was a cross and, a cr- and written on the cross was the word hope. And I took a picture of it because I, I just uh, chuckled inside because it has been such a word for me and for my life that God has given me uh, and to bring wholeness and restoration to me. Well,
0: we thank God that he is a God of hope. And one thing that separates the believer from an unbeliever or the Christian from a non-Christian is, is that we have hope. We have hope beyond the grave. We have hope in this life. And we have hope today because the Word of God promises us that hope. We're thankful to be with you today, and we're praying that this time together will be a blessing and that we will speak to something in your heart and cause you to turn and to hope in the Lord. You know, he is our only hope, and the Bible says that he's coming soon. In first Thessalonians chapter four, it talks about the coming of the Lord. He said, Brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to ever be with the Lord. Paul said that is the blessed hope of the church that the Lord is coming. But he said we're also to occupy Till he comes. So I'm going to ask you a couple of things about hope and have you to explain maybe what God has been saying to you about hope. How did you begin this journey of hope? What prompted you to begin this study of hope?
1: As I was praying one day, uh, the Lord just began to speak to my spirit and he said, get your hopes up. So as I meditated on that further, I just realized that the Lord was showing me that I I had not hoped in many years. And if something was good, I was happy about it. I got excited about it. And if something was bad, I, I just got through it the best way that I could. But I realized that I had not had an expectation. I had not had an expected outcome ahead of time for anything. And I just lived that way. And I use the word expected because that is the, the base, the definition, the most uh, important word there in the definition of hope is hope explained is confident trust with the expectation of fulfillment. So hope is that expectation that causes things to suddenly change. Hope is our ability to connect with God. It is that starting point with God.
0: Well, you said something there. You said that the Lord said to you, Get your hopes up. Why had you not hope? What had caused you to lose hope or to not to hope? And why did the Lord say that to you?
1: And as I was studying and I discovered that through this, that we lose our hope when we suffer an injustice. And my hope was challenged when we lost our son, James Thomas. Uh, It was so tragic for me. I know it was very tragic for you as well. And it was tragic to the, to the point that I just could not even discern all that was happening to me. I couldn't discern that my hope was being lost. But God was faithful to me during that time to get me to the point of regaining my hope. He wanted to bring me to a place of wholeness, but I could not be whole without hope. And so first he needed to address that in my life.
0: One of the things that the Lord desires in our life is not just to bring healing to us, but he wants to bring us into a place of wholeness. The word salvation comes from a Greek word, sozo, and it really means a wholeness, a healing. And what the Lord desires to do is to bring us into a place of wholeness. You mentioned about the loss of our child. 23 years ago, we had... uh, our first child. We had prayed for this child, believed for this child. We were so excited for this child. Beth carried the baby to term. There was no issues or problems medically that could have prepared us, but we had a stillbirth, and he was a perfect little boy, eight pounds, five ounces, 21 inches long, and it was just a mystery as to how that happened, and the Lord encountered us. That was in May twenty-third, 1994. The Lord encountered us in October of 1994, and he healed us of the broken heart. But I think there was a part of us that just did not want to get our hopes up. And so when the Lord began to talk to you about getting your hopes up, it went back to that place and back to that moment. You made a statement that um, Proverbs 13:12 talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now, what does hope deferred look like? What does that look like practically? What does that mean, hope deferred makes the heart sick?
1: Someone once said that hope deferred is the common cold of the soul. Uh, You'll know hope deferred by its symptoms. You can ask yourself, is your disappointment stronger than your joy? Do you hurt over issues? Do you feel doubtful or cynical? If your disappointment is stronger than your joy then it is possible that your hope is being challenged.
0: So what do you mean by that? What do you think that means that your hope is being challenged?
1: It means that you are going in a direction that is away from God, away from uh, His fullness, and you are not able to enter into your faith completely. Because the three things that are eternal are faith, hope, and love, and you need to be restored in your hope you need to have it in its fullness to operate in faith in its fullness and to operate in love in its fullness
0: so hope's very important in that that we have our hope because faith operates by hope so hope deferred makes the heart sick so when we defer our hope our heart can't trust the lord in the fullness and completeness because faith has to do with trust If I don't trust the Lord, I won't be able to believe completely for the things that God has for me. So what did you do about what God was showing you? How did you respond to his words, get your hopes up?
1: I immediately went to the scriptures, and I found four scriptures that spoke to me, that resonated in my spirit. And I'd like to share those today. Uh, Psalm 39, 7 says, and so where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Romans 15:13 says, "I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit." Romans 15:4 says, "Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled." And lastly, Psalm 119.74 says, May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. So here I knew that I needed God. I knew I needed my hope restored. And I realized through this that I needed to go to the source of hope to have my hope restored. I needed to trust God. And that was big for me to enter into that full uh, trust in him where I trusted him about everything that concerned my life. And what I learned through that, I think it was the greatest lesson that I have learned so far in my life is that you can trust God. It is possible to trust God about everything. And God is a faithful God. He is so faithful that He sent His Son to overcome every challenge that we would ever experience. And as I read those scriptures, I noticed that there were many examples in the Word of God Mm -hmm. that proved this out. And one that touched me, one story that touched me above other stories that I Came across that the Lord led me to, was of course the one of Peter and the disciples, at that very moment when their hope was being crushed, uh, when they were suffering an injustice, when Jesus was there on the cross and he he died for our sin, they were suffering an injustice during that moment, and they uh, were bewildered, they were confused. And in those moments, they went back to what was comfortable for them, what they had known before, because they were confused in what they were trying to know at the present moment, what was happening to them and what really looked like an injustice for them. Being that Jesus was being crucified was really Christ overcoming injustice for us. He was the overcomer and he came to them and even cooked a meal there on the seashore. He reappeared to them after he arose from the grave where they were and where they were comfortable. They went back to fishing. They went back to what they knew. That's what we do when we suffer an injustice we go back to where we were less comfortable. Sometimes that's a a lesser amount of faith than we had walked in before. But at this point in time Christ was appearing to them. He was cooking them breakfast on the shore. They realized that it was him. They ran to the back to the seashore from their fishing boat. And they were able to regain their hope right there on those shores of Galilee where we've been.
0: There the primacy of Peter is a special place there on the Sea of Galilee. We were there about two years ago, and we were able to be there where Peter was restored to the Lord and had his hope restored. You made a statement about that you can trust God. The Bible says that perfect love cast out fear. Now, there are three things, faith, hope, and love that you mentioned, and perfect love cast out fear. Do you think if we don't totally and completely trust the Lord, that fear's the root of that, that it's a it's a fear that I'm not going to, he's not going to meet my need, or he's not going to do what he said he would do in his word. I want to say, first of all, that God is faithful to his word. And as you were talking, I was just thinking that perfect love casts out fear. So we need to experience the love of God, the perfect love of God. See, our love is imperfect. Our love is conditional. Our love is based on, many times, human love, what you can do for me, or how you you can meet my need. But God loves unconditionally. He loves us when we're unlovable. He loves us when we don't trust him. He loves us when our when we don't have our hopes up and we don't understand the power of hope. I think what God has done is he's given you a revelation of the power of hope. We can hope in the Lord. And faith works by hope. So Hope deferred makes the heart sick, so when we, when we kind of defer our hope to the future, when we kind of push it aside, it's really not hoping at all. We're not getting our hopes up. We've deferred our hope because we don't totally trust God, and we haven't experienced that perfect love, and we have a fear that maybe I didn't hear God right, maybe God won't keep his promises, maybe I've had to wait so very long that uh, I don't know if he's really going to keep those promises or not. So you talked about things that God was showing you and you shared some scripture with us. So to get your hopes up, you responded to uh, that by studying out the scriptures and looking to the word of God. See, the word of God is our source. The Bible says that uh, these words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And when we get into God's word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Wouldn't you say that as you studied the word of God, that God began to awaken your hope and your hope came up? And you also mentioned Peter, Peter being there on the seashore. It was Peter. Peter's the guy that kind of says what everybody else is thinking. You know, he's the spokesman for the group. And if you remember, it was Peter that denied Christ three times and even cursed And then the Bible said that when he did, that the Lord looked through that courtyard where they were at, and he saw Peter, and that Peter went out and wept bitterly. And it was Peter who was fishing on the Sea of Galilee when he looked up and he saw Jesus on the seashore. And Peter was so anxious, I believe, for restoration and healing because Peter had a real love for God, that he dove out of the boat and swam to the shore where Jesus was. And Jesus there restored Peter. And he said, Peter, do you love me? then you love me. And then he told him, feed my sheep. It was Peter who preached the inaugural sermon of the church at Pentecost, and 3,000 people were saved that day. I've preached a lot of sermons over 30 years, but I've yet to have 3,000 people be saved in one day. Share some of the lessons that you learned in your studies about Peter. He's a fascinating study in the Word of God.
1: Yeah, I learned that uh, Peter went back to where he was comfortable uh, and, you know, we can criticize him for that. But really, he went back to what he knew a point that what he knew was true. He went back to where he uh, could find his footing again. And that's almost what we have to do. It's kind of a natural thing to do. It's, it's not the most uh, spiritual thing. It's not the, uh, the greatest of faith pursuing faith moving forward but you you because you think of going backward but really if you go back to what you know is true and start there believe in what you know is true go back to the word of god we know the word of god is true we can trust what the word of god says and we can regain our hope from that Uh, i learned from peter that uh, even if we don't understand we can trust god those moments we do not, cannot explain, do not understand, we can still trust God in that. And faith, even though we feel that it's weak, it is still faith.
0: Well, the Bible says that if we have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, we can speak to the mountain and the mountain would be removed. And the Bible talks about little faith, but it also talks about great faith. There were times when Jesus would say, I would, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. So faith, even if you're praying and you don't, You're unsure at times. You're praying, and prayer's an act of faith. But how do I grow my faith? By doing what you said. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God.
1: Exactly. And uh, our faith can uh, cause us to move forward. It can cause us to regain our footing after we uh, have it grown in the Word like that. I also learned from Peter that, uh, you know, God is always there. We don't have to fear. And we don't really have to be out there trying to impress God. Like, I've got this wonderful, great faith, and I'm trying to impress God. Of course, we need to build our faith. We need to make sure that we're working daily to build our faith. But God knows our frame. And he knows when things come into our lives, he knows ahead of time that uh, uh, something is going to happen to us. Because he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And he uh, understands how we're going to react during that situation. And he's right there for us. So he's going to be there to meet our need. He's going to show up, uh, just like he did for Peter. There he was, waiting on the shore. He showed up for him to put them back on track, to say, come back, come back to my teaching, what I'm trying to tell you. And he was right there cooking them breakfast, of all things, making them something to sustain them. And that's what he does for us. He comes to us at just the right time, and he will sustain us uh, until we reach that point of overcoming, which we overcome in him, which is what he did for us on the cross And as overcomers, we rise above a situation and we gain authority in it and over it. So we can speak to that. We can help someone else in the future if we have authority in that. Uh, We know all about it because we have walked through it and we have come out of it. So we have authority in it. And that's different than just being a survivor. A survivor just lives to tell about it. But when we're overcomers, we have authority in it and over it, and we can uh, help others come along behind us. And uh, as overcomers, we disconnect from hope deferred, and we reconnect with our source of hope.
0: The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What is the word of our testimony? The word of our testimony is the confession of God's holy word. So you've talked to us about hope deferred. You've talked about getting your hopes up. So that became a real revelation to you when the Lord spoke to you and said, get your hopes up. I want you to take a few moments and I want you to speak to those who feel like they've lost hope. A lot of people today feel like they've lost hope. Perhaps they had disappointing setbacks. Perhaps they've suffered like we did, the loss of a child. Perhaps they've suffered through sickness. and They believe God for their healing and it's not yet come to pass, or maybe God made them prophetic promises that they've not realized in this time and in this season. I want you to just speak to them for a moment, share whatever God lays on your heart, and then I want you to pray for them because we just have a few minutes left, and I want you to just pray for them and ask the Lord to restore their hope.
1: Maybe you are in a place where there is no hope today. It it looks like there is absolutely no hope. Uh, Be encouraged because Abraham had the very same problem uh, you can read later on today or maybe later on this week in some of your studies, Romans chapters 4 and 5. You'll gain such insight there. Romans 4 describes how Abraham believed God when there was no reason to hope. Abraham kept hoping. He became fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised. He believed in the God who brings dead things back to life even. The God who creates new things out of nothing. This is the God that we serve today. Romans chapter 5 states that Christ came at just the right time, just like he did with Peter. He came at the right time. With Abraham, he came at the right time. With us, he will come at the right time. My all favorite scripture from from Romans is uh, Romans 5, 5, and it says, and this hope, will not lead to disappointment. For I know how dearly God loves me because he has given me the Holy Spirit to fill my heart with his love. We can recover our hope. We just need to simply ask God to encounter us and trust him and wait for him to bring that hope renewed and that joy in our life. You will just realize it. It will be on your path.
0: Why don't you lead us in prayer?
1: Heavenly Father, we just come to you today, and we're just so thankful today, Lord, that we can depend on you. We can come to you. You are our source of hope, and we lift every listener up to you today. You know where they are at on their walk, you know on their journey, you know what they have suffered through, you know where their hope has been deferred, or maybe they've lost hope, Father. I ask that today that you'll just reach down and encounter every listener today, that you will just begin them on their their journey to regain their hope. And I pray, Father, that you will release a new joy in their lives today. And let them see it and let them know it. Let them recognize it uh, as they go through the day today. Let them encounter your presence. Let them sense you and sense your power today. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, we pray. You Amen. can
0: recover your hope. The Bible said that there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Faith is simply the expectation of those things hoped for. So we encourage you today, get into God's Word and let God's Word speak to you. I want to thank Dr. Pauline Hughes and her precious husband, Ronnie. We love you very much and appreciate your ministry. And thank you for allowing us to join you today for Spiritual Mind and Spiritual You. God bless you. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when you turn your hope back to Jesus, he will heal your heart and he will grow your expectations and he will enlarge your capacity to believe. And when he enlarges your capacity to believe, he enlarges your capacity to receive. God has many things he wants to bless you with and give to you in this season. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and give you rest in this time of busyness that we live in. God bless you and thank you so much.